That's me on this final Tuesday of February of the year of our Lord 2024, in which we saw a Savior last night make it rain in Chapel Hill. Paul Lyhander with you on this Tuesday. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Instagram Hill on the ones and twos. So about last night, as we dive right into it, in our profession, we are sometimes lucky enough to receive tickets to basketball games. I was a lucky recipient of two tickets to last night's game in Chapel Hill between Miami and North Carolina. I unfortunately, due to family considerations, had to hand those off. So whoever got those tickets had a very, very good time watching R.J. Davis set the new standard for Carolina basketball, pouring in all the buckets, all the buckets, in last night's 75-71 win over Miami, which made it interesting towards the end of that game, but the story truly was about R.J. Davis, the guy who was not hidden on the floor by any means. He was one of only two wearing pink shoes. There was a tall one, a tall Tar Heel by the name of Armando Baycott. Kind of hard to miss him. And then there was the shorter one on the court in pink shoes, R.J. Davis, who dumped in 42 points, setting a new Dean Smith record, getting people fired up for sure with step-back threes coming off of screens. It was a very deliberate performance for him, and he just couldn't miss last night. And for him, seeing shots go in felt pretty awesome. I mean, I'm just locked in and just confident in myself and my side. I mean, just and just I'm also getting open. Like, my teammates do a good job of setting screens and uh, finding me uh, to make these shots. And once I get my groove like that, it feels like I can't miss. Uh, and for me, this, I, mean, I feel like I could have had 50, but uh, I missed free throws and whatnot. But um, I just felt good. And just the ball felt good. The, the shots felt good. So, I mean, just everything felt great tonight. First of all, respect to giving all the love to his teammates, but you were the only one in double figures, the only one everybody saw doing what he did. And to be honest, Carolina needed every bit of R.J. Davis last night, 21 points in that first, of which the team scored only 37. So, I mean, it was a half-and-half performance for him, right? Pretty much more than half the points came from him, which we haven't seen in forever. Insta, you were there last night. You saw. Oh yeah. You you saw. I was at the R.J. Davis show. You saw complete fire and a guy putting his signature on Player of the Year duties, Player of the Year honors in the ACC. Well, not just ACC Player of the Year, but we might need to start having the conversation of does this move R.J. Davis's draft stock up to maybe a top five overall pick, maybe even a top three? I mean, R.J. Davis' performance to me, just being twenty five years old. Work in the sports industry for about a year and a half now. Hopefully, I'll have a long career in this industry where I can look back and say that is like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that I got last night, seeing R.J. Davis put on a performance like that. I mean, it was unreal. The game marked the largest gap in North Carolina history between its leading scorer and second leading scorer with Harrison Ingram having eight points. Eight points. That's it. Eight points. They might have needed R.J. Davis to go for 50 just to put that game away there at the end. I like the fact that he felt like he could have gotten 50 and joked about if he missed some free I mean, he only missed two free throws, let's be honest. But he was lightning in a bottle from the outside, hit everything, did everything they asked him to do. I mean, even kind of even kind of broke his own ankles towards the end of that game. Again, the last 15 minutes of that game, I mean, and I say 15 minutes in terms of like actual time, not court time, inside between that four-minute break where – 
Carolina couldn't buy a bucket, turn the ball over, some really uncharacteristic kind of stuff, which if you're watching tape, you have a little bit of strategy on what to do with the heels as they roll into the conference play and certainly the tournament where they couldn't buy any buckets. But then the lid came back on it, and the, and the Canes couldn't do anything with the opportunities that they had. Heels hit the free throws. We, we all know how this goes, how you play. But the last minute of that game was 15 minutes long in real time in which you're like, all right, how are they going to close this out? They can close this out. Hurricanes couldn't rebound, some timely bounces, things happen. And honestly, today, if your last name is Davis and you live anywhere in the triangle, you get credit for this win. Yeah. <laughs> R.J. Davis and Hubert Davis. Uh, before we move on to Hubert, who was coaching in his 100th game, by the way, as head coach, R.J. talked about kind of what got into him doing this doing this whole 42-point night. Came out hot, and I told myself, like, since I had a good first half, like, not to keep my foot off the gas, like, continue to stay on it, and um, I was aggressive, and the shots were falling, so it felt good, and it's all glory to God, and just of how I just, you know, my career has been going since freshman year to now, and just, you know, just kind of staying down, waiting my turn, and for me to have a performance like that tonight, I mean, it just means the world to me. I don't want to go too deep into your draft stock comment, uh, Insta, but as I think about R.J. Davis and how... As I mentioned before we started the show, before we even took air, cracked the mic, he's been living in the shadow of love. Yeah. Where Caleb Love is now in Arizona. And Caleb Love is a, a first-team Pac-12-er. There's no doubt about it. He he poured it in uh, the other night against Washington when Arizona took on Washington. Arizona's had an up-and-down year, but they'll be in the tournament. But RJ, for doing the things that he does, and he looks so confident in doing it that I agree with you about the draft stock. It's still, you know, it's probably a little too early to talk about, you know, guards and where they're going to land because there's you know, still a lot of game to be played. But he certainly has the skills. He certainly has the ability. And he certainly has the confidence to make things happen to where this, I hate saying breakout season because I think Heels, I think Heels fans knew what there was in R.J. Davis. It just rose to the top, especially this year. And in a game like last night, which they needed – every bit of effort he could put in where Armando Baycott had been on a roll here in the last month. Like February, I'm like if there was a player of the month for the ACC, it might be Baycott's. And you could argue, arguably say Hunter Salas at Wake Forest. But Davis last night, I mean, that's a showcase. It's a complete showcase for him. They all know it. Hubert Davis knew it. And he expected this response after the Virginia game in which RJ's 42 would have been two points shy of what Virginia put up in that basketball game. I've said this before, you know, you know, how do you react and how do you respond, whether something good or bad happens. And, I mean, I knew that R.J. would – and just because he shot one for 14, I don't think R.J. had a bad game against Virginia. But I knew that he would respond in terms of his ability to shoot and score. And, you know, the first five minutes he was pretty hot and um, he was just in a really nice rhythm. But it didn't surprise me at all. I knew that he would react and respond this way. Not necessarily knowing he would have 42, but um, I knew that he would have a, a, a huge impact in a big game for us tonight. And you talk about decisiveness for him. And the one thing that I think guys listening to this, and I think women listening to the show here this morning, next up, Paul Eihander here, uh, Instagram Hill, uh, producing and helping out today. The, the one thing about R.J. Davis is that he provides options. And he provides he provides some decisiveness last night when it came to scoring. Like, my wife hates it. We go out to dinner. We go out for food. I'm like, what do you want? She's like, I don't know. You make the choice. You know, we, we go through this constantly. I'm like, for the heels, they have options. 
and they keep proving it over and over and again that they do have him. That while they can lean on RJ Davis, as I mentioned, Armando Baycott had a heck of a February so far. Elliot Cadeau is a ball handler. Cormac Ryan, who you love a ton, who struggled last night. From I mean, everybody on Carolina struggled from the field last night except for RJ. Harrison Ingram. They've got options across to find some scoring. It's good to know that they do have these options as they push into the conference tournament, as they push into the NCAAs, to where you don't have to lean on everybody. Is it great that you get a hot performance like this, a, a history-making performance like this from RJ? Absolutely. But it proves to you that there are a lot of options on this team. They emerge throughout this season, and again, I would like to see a little bit more clicking. Again, Paul, oh, you're finding all these little nitpicky things in a win, right? Nitpicky things in a win. Yeah, you want Baycott to not have five points in a game like that. You want him to have a few more. But, you know, he missed some free throws, and he didn't get a lot of looks because he didn't need a lot of looks because R.J. took them all, and he earned all of them. Yeah, Harrison Ingram was just shy of a double-double. I mean, eight points and nine rebounds. I mean, he almost he almost contributed in a, a major way to the stat sheet with just a double-double. But to me, last night is what I like to call a 2K game. When you're playing your okay. buddy in NBA 2K and – you're playing with Jason Tatum, LeBron James, and they're you know you just get the fire around them and they're in their circle, and you just let them take over. That's ultimately what this game came down to last night. With as you mentioned, with the options that North Carolina have have outside of R.J. Davis, none of them were shooting well from the field. So it was just a prime example of letting the the hot guys score. Now I know NC State has to play Florida State tonight. I don't want to get too far ahead, but. After last night, Saturday could come down to it just being the R.J. Davis and D.J. Horn show. If neither, if the four other players on the on the court don't want to show up for their team, I want to stand to the side here. Y'all, what? We're just gonna run uh, ISO. Exactly. We're just gonna run ISO for the first five plays. See what happens. Let it be like one of those pickup games in the part where it's like everybody else just like steps away and you just let it be one on one with the two guys that are just putting up shots. To Miami's credit, they did make it a fight. I mean, it was they there. I mean, towards the end of that game, obviously, when the crowd was chanting "RJ up 13" uh, before that four-minute break at the end of the game, it was it was clear where this was going. It just took a little bit more effort to close things out, execute a little bit better. Uh, Hurricanes have lost seven in a row, so there's really not a lot more to say about Miami other than that they'll be playing on day one of the ACC tournament, which starts in two weeks. So you can bet on the Hurricanes. Two, yeah. When, two, when sports when sports betting goes live. Two weeks away. Carolina, though, holding that one seed right now in the ACC, so the double bye, again, very important for the double bye. Helps uh, guys stay fresh that extra day uh, in terms of playing in and trying to move forward. Didn't feel like that was going to be a doubt kind of thing for Carolina this season, but you get 75-71 at home and everybody with the last name of Davis gets to go home happy. I'm Graham Hill with three things you need to know right now from 999 The Fan. The Miami Hurricanes were in town, but it was R.J. Davis who made it rain as he poured in four straight three-pointers during a riveting second-half stretch on his way to a career-high 42 points. And number nine, North Carolina held off Miami 75-71 on Monday night. In Monday's latest AP Top 25 poll for men's college basketball, North Carolina did rise to number nine while Duke rounded out the top ten. At the number 10 spot, the Houston Cougars moved up to number one for the first time this season. In Monday's latest AP Top 25 poll for women's college basketball, NC State unfortunately dropped six spots to 12th after losses to North Carolina and Duke last week. The Wolfpack had previously won eight of their nine before the two defeats. 
Find these stories and more on WRLSportsman.com. Petty Davis eyes. Yeah, you know what? If you uh, if you're a Davis living in the Triangle, you get all the love today. Not the Caleb love, but you get all the rest of the love. Paul, I end with you here. Next up, moving your sports day forward on this Tuesday morning. If you miss any portion of the program and you got to dip in and out of the cars, you know you're. Uh, hugging your kids and sending them off to school this morning because I know some of you just uh, sat through the car line and now you're sitting in another line because you needed a coffee or biscuit or something. Bye, sweetie. There you go. Uh, check us out on the YouTube, 99.9 The Fan, or like and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Just search out Next Up with 99.9 The Fan. Before we move on to the Canes, I do want to touch a little bit more on college hoops uh, just to let you know that other Carolina-based teams had some ball last night. Uh, NC Central took out Delaware State. 93-81. Po' Boy King had 34 for the Eagles as they stay near the top of the MEAC. And last night, they had a banger in Campbell. Uh, 105-100, the Camels over UNC Wilmington. That went double overtime. Uh, a couple of near 40-point scores for each team last night. Uh, UNC Wilmington stuck on 20 wins and looks like they're going to have to uh, win and get in in the tournament with this loss to Campbell. The most points scored at uh, Campbell's uh, gym in the last 10 years, I believe. I can't remember the name of Campbell's gymnasium, but I do know one thing, Paul. The NCAA tournament runs through Bowie Creek after last night's performance by, by the Fighting Camels, a team that you're a big fan of. I do love me some Camels. I liked when they rebranded last uh, fall before football season. They got a new football coach down there too, but uh, I do like I do like me some camels. I mean, they're struggling in the struggling in the standings, and UNC Wilmington's going to have to. They've fallen down after just kind of rolling and rolling and rolling, getting big wins over Charleston and and whatnot. They've fallen into a three way tie in the Coastal Athletic with Drexel and Hofstra. So Charleston kind of leading the way. You call it Charleston, right? You know, Charleston just kind of doing its thing. So Seahawks. Uh, Probably going to be an automatic bid kind of deal out of the CAA. Uh, but 105-100, they made it a game. They were down in that one, too. I watched a bit of that after uh, Carolina-Miami. So did want to touch on a couple of those uh, uh, bits and pieces from Carolina Hoops. All right, Canes are on the road again. Buffalo taking that OT loss there. They got a little bit of a break tonight in a late start. This is 8 o'clock, so you got to stay up a little bit later for this one because they're in central time. They'll be taking on the Minnesota Wild, who you might remember came here last month. So it's been yeah, it's been about five weeks since we last saw the Wild. And they didn't even play Marc-Andre Fleury. He will likely get on the ice tonight. It was 5-2 Wild over the Hurricanes where uh, Kirill Kaprizov, much like uh, Panarin of the Rangers, likes to play here. He had a hat trick against... Uh, Carolina, and then Carolina let a couple of late ones in with uh, empty netters because it was 3-2, and then just uh, Canes couldn't get over the hump on that one. So the Wild do have a little leg up, and here's the deal. Kaprizov had two goals when they knocked off the Kraken recently, so he's on a heater quite a bit. As for a home team, Minnesota's in one of those weird conversations, everybody, to where they're not quite sure if they're going to contend in the Western Conference. So everybody seems like there's trade talk. One of them, as we've mentioned, comes around Marc-Andre Fleury, and his name came up a lot around here when the Canes were trying to 
figure out goaltending and whatnot. That seems to have subsided, although there seems to be an odd man out situation that could be happening here with Carolina as they take on the Wild. Again, this is just the second time they've matched up. Marty Natchez is rolling quite a bit for this team, for for your Carolina Hurricanes, and they're going to need to find some offense. Like, I'm not a big fan of, like, keys to the game, but here they are. Here are those keys to the game. Find some offense. Like, get off that struggle bus that happened in Buffalo. Get far enough away from that Dallas game, and Dallas lost last night in overtime in another game. So there's a lot of parity coming, but you're talking about second in the Metro right now, but second in the Metro doesn't mean anything when you're talking about points. And points-wise, this team is in a dogfight to try to stay in home ice advantage for the playoffs with Toronto. And Toronto is playing very good hockey. So as you talk about guys to watch for your Carolina Hurricanes, Marty Natchez, clearly he's been he's been filling it up and, and getting points too as well. And Kachetkov will have to figure it out on the road. And again, he's been playing very good hockey, like very good hockey. Forget about what you read about like – elite goaltending and whether or not this team can make a Stanley Cup with the current roster makeup. There are things that this team may need to address if they get stuck in this little offensive rut that they've been in. But it'll be Cooch's net tonight. Him, Nah, Ajo, and Natchez. Like, get the scoring going. And really, the key for the key for the Canes, and it's cliche, but get pucks on net and control Kirill Kaprizov. Kaprizov in his last five games has 13 points. like, And of those 13 points, six are goals. So he's making it rain. Like, he's going to make it happen. Outside of that, they struggle in a lot of other categories. Scoring, penalty kill, and whatnot. Like, this is a, this is a game ripe for the Canes to get right more than anything else. And then as they roll into another game with Columbus. Like, this is the game that you got to get so you can go into that Columbus game, get some good vibes. Paul's piping hot takes to the or Paul's piping hot keys to the game or whatever they call Trip Tracy's thing <laughs> yeah. on Valley Sports. Uh, uh, seriously, you mentioned the last time that the Wild and the Hurricanes played. The only time they played so far this season back in Carolina. I don't know if the Hurricanes were just distracted because it was NASCAR Day and you know they were just NASCAR filled with excitement yeah. of the the racing aspects. But it feels like the reasons why the Hurricanes suffered that five two loss to the Wild is because of just mental mistakes that the Hurricanes did. Now, obviously, it did help when. Um, you mentioned who was it that scored two goals in in that game? Oh, in the oh, oh the uh, Hurricanes why uh, the the five two game? Correct. Yes. No, no, Caprizov. Caprizov. Oh, yeah. He had a hat trick. Yeah, he had a well. Yeah, that certainly does not help the Hurricanes' case. But also, just like similar to what we saw in the Carolina Hurricanes Dallas Stars game, where just a few little mistakes cost the Hurricanes at key moments of the game. Now, granted, the Stars are a much better team, so they will make you pay on mistakes like that, and then. Just as Brad Brennamore said, they were just awful on Sunday against the Sabres. So this is an opportunity for you to get a bounce-back game and get back on track, especially with how bad the Wild are on the penalty kill. This is a great opportunity for the Hurricanes to establish themselves and be dangerous once again on the power play. Yeah, it doesn't feel like you get to dive too deep into this, but that's what it totally looks like. Tonight, there is another game of local note. The States, NC State, Florida State, when it comes to college hoops this one important state right now your state nc state seventh seventh when it comes to seeding in the conference tournament florida state ninth they are separated by one game overall records separated by a lot nc state with a dub florida state 
losing, I mean, they lost their last game right now. Feels like we're going to have to go back and forth with this team. And it's not that it's not that there's not like this giant comfort zone that should come up with playing a Florida State, but I think Outside of the fact, and this is a late start too, unfortunately for a lot of folks. So nine got, o'clock. Yeah, we got late games tonight. It is on the home turf of, of the Seminoles, and it's that's a it's a tricky place to play. You don't really realize it because you're only playing in front of like fifteen hundred people most times. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Uh, but Florida State has lost several of their. I mean, they they're they've played in close games, and I think that's might what give them a decent edge tonight. The good news for Wolfpack fans, we got to separate the two states. For Wolfpack fans, you got a, a performance out of DJ Burns at home against Boston College, which meant you had a little bit more of a balanced scoring attack when you were looking for output from your forwards, when you were looking for DJ Horn again to go for 30. He didn't have to go for 30. Tonight might be one of those nights where they're going to have to lean in on Horn and get some outside shooting just to be where it is. For Florida State, there's one guy you got to really look out for. It's Jameer Watkins. Watkins is a is a stat filler, and he does it with some pretty hefty playing time, but he's the guy that they will lean on a ton because he will grab rebounds. He's an energy guy. He shoots incredibly well from the field as well. 22 points, 18 points in his last two ball games, and he's their, he's their leading scorer, and they say that with all due respect, the guy to watch, but he does it on, he does it on both ends of the court. Kind of shut him down, control him, and you'll be able to control this game. The line right now is under under a three-pointer. Huh. Interesting. Well, I, that's kind of funny because despite Florida State losing six of their last eight games and just having superb, superb, not superb, superb offensive play, I mean, they have a lot of hype at the guard play. All right, they have, they have some sides. I feel like Florida State's the kind of team where if you're going to beat them, they're going to force you to beat them by knocking down three-pointers. Something that NC State likes to pride themselves on, even though they haven't been really good at it for most of the season. But tonight, NC State's really going to have to rely on three-point shooting. Just can't be the DJ Horn show driving into the basket the whole time if Wolfpack want to win. Simply put, as that late game, you'll hear that over on our sister station Mix One Hundred One Point Five. If uh, you were not uh, tuned into the Canes game tonight here on ninety-nine nine, the fan.